0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I am in Gilbert, Arizona, right now. I kid you not. I'm in Gilbert, Arizona, to visit some family. No friends because of COVID nineteen, but I'm here for family. And I also have in sunny California, in Southern California, my co-host T up. T up. Are you there? What to do? What to do, baby? Care. Hey, man. Get to get to see you. We're on a. Little Zoom call right now for this podcast, but bro, I actually drove to Arizona. I drove twelve hours from the Bay Area to be here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I did pass by Southern California, so I did think of you, kind of.
1: Oh, how sweet!
0: Yes, yes, yes. I uh,
1: how sweet of you. I thought you know maybe check
0: you know say what's up and all that, but I didn't really want to be out in LA and get the Rona over there too. It was a very um. We're in very special circumstances because like, I don't really drive 12 hours anywhere for anything, but uh, I went to see my, my sister and my newborn niece and amongst everything, they're a little bit more you know, um, aware with the coronavirus. And so I drove, I drove 12 hours and that was the trip. So I'm in Arizona right now.
1: Yeah, well, hey, bigger news, congratulations, Unc. Man. How does it feel like to be a, to have a, have, have a little nephew, right?
0: Uh, I got a niece.
1: Oh, niece. I'm sorry. Yeah, How is it a... like to have a niece?
0: Yeah, no. So my sister, she got, she's got a baby girl. And I kid you not, we are birthday twins. So my birthday is July 4th. And the baby was supposed to come on 7-Eleven. But lo and behold, it came a week earlier. So we are birthday twins on July 4th. We share the same birthday. And she so give and take. It was like august 17th right now so yeah she's about six weeks old man it's crazy
1: crazy yeah i saw pictures of you with your different uh your holding positions your swaddling position um it looks like she's just falling asleep you're you're a natural man
0: thank you thank you we got that 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 bond right now <laughs> it's a it's a trip though because she sleeps like 18 hours out of the day and Wakes up, gets fed, diaper, and goes back to sleep, and all that. But it's it's been very humbling for me, just because you know it's not like I'm a a father or nor nor this is my first time being like an uncle, but uh, pretty cool, pretty cool to have such a small human being. It's very humbling. I actually tried the the different uh, hold approaches, held it like a running back, nice high and tight too. You know, okay, nice. There you go, kept the head head nice and secure. But (laughs) but no, it's been cool, man. I I've been really (laughs) enjoying this process of trying to help out my sister and just just be around because um, i know my sister and my brother-in-law you know they've been working from home and you know they're from california so they don't know too many folks in arizona so their community is very small and covid19 doesn't help anything in terms of getting to know the neighborhood you know
1: yeah oh for sure yeah. and uh looks like a little nice little bundle of joy and you, you got to cherish these moments because the next time that I see it. the babies. They grow so fast. Like you know, within months, they're just like they just grow exponentially. By the time you know it, like he's calling you uncle. She's calling you uncle Justin, asking you for money. Then he's introduce you to all her friends. You know, just cherish these moments. These are awesome.
0: I will. I will. As as of now, she's been listening to. Well, I don't know if she's listening to me, but she has no choice right now. She she listens to me banter about Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. All we watch TV and she just looks at me like glowingly because I'm the uncle. So it's been, mm. been nice. It's been nice. And I think that if anything too, um, I just, it's been a nice change of scenery. Uh, Cause in the Bay area, it's been a little hectic with coronavirus and just everything that's going on in the world. But Arizona, man, it's, it's no joke too. It's 120 fucking degrees here. It's 120 Gosh. degrees. It's fucking hot.
1: Way too hot, man. Well, for all our listeners, let's just get, get this off the bat. So your niece was born in Arizona.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ish.
1: Where, where is her alliance, Justin?
0: Well, I mean, for just the West, it's not just the San Francisco 49ers. It also covers the Arizona Cardinals, the Los oh. Angeles Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. I would hope that, you know, family ties would keep her in Ninerland. But, you know, you have Kyler Murray. Well, I don't even think she knows right now, but Kyler Murray, Larry Fitz. <laughs> Yeah, Hopkins. It's it's an interesting time in the NFC West. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, it's uh, <laughs> this off season, bro. Like, speaking of that, with COVID nineteen, like, have you checked out Hard Knocks on HBO with the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers?
1: Uh, actually, I saw the first episode, and it was uh, it's quite an interesting episode. I guess it's not what I first expected. You know, really hard focus on the COVID nineteen and the protocols that they're taking and. Um, you know, how is everyone handling the situation, the COVID testing that they have to do every single day?
0: Yeah, dude. Because I, I, I did... Go ahead. No, I was about to say, because, like, the NFL right now, they're right in line. And you saw, like, the NBA get it right with, like, a true bubble in Disney World. And then you saw MLB. Well, it's still going right now. They've been kind of fucking up, too, with Miami, uh, Marlins, the Cardinals, and a whole bunch of other things. So I don't know what the NFL... If they're gonna be able to, to master this, but you know, football, NFL, they're the number one grossing sports in all the all the, you know, all the world right now. So I mean they're gonna try amidst COVID nineteen.
1: You you would think that we've already had restart of soccer, golf, NHL, NBA, MLB, you know, we're saving the best for last, right? National right. Football League, this is America's game. This is, this is it. This is the money maker. This is the cash cow. And I don't know. There's just this weird little feeling in the back of my head like, Goodell, he'll find a way to fuck this up. This will – I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I, I think I said it previously in pods, I'm not worried about the season being started. It will start. There is a date that it will start. However, my main concern is whether the season will finish. That is the – that is the big looming gray cloud over the whole entire league. Yes, we could control it, but we can't control what the players and the staff do outside of football. And with football, the staff being so big, players, coaches, um, trainers, yada, yada, man, and then they're in such close quarters. You know, I hope the team, the teams understand how serious the situation is and then let's complete it because, hey, let's face it, we all want to see football, right? You want to see football? I want to see football. All our listeners, everyone wants to see football. This is just, I just hope this this happens, th- to make it happen. And Anthony Lynn, kind of tying it all together, yeah. he did say the most responsible football team is the one that's going to that's gonna have a serious chance winning the championship.
0: Anthony Lynn, head coach of the Chargers, to start off the episode on that Zoom call with his players, mentioned that, hey, this shit is no joke because I, Anthony Lynn, I'm a survivor of COVID-19 and that, that kind of floored me a bit. (laughs) What the fuck? You know, he had it too, right? They
1: never announced that, huh? That was like never on the news.
0: No, they, maybe he, maybe HBO purposely said, Hey, don't mention it. Let's just save it for episode one. It'll be real nice. Real nice. You know? Yeah. But I will say this though, like the NFL, they're going to try, they're going to try to start on time. It's supposed to, I mean, I can't believe it. We're like one month away from NFL. The regular season, there's going to be no preseason, but hear me out. The silver lining with this is, you know, amidst all this, the NFL could potentially be better off now than they've ever been. And hear me out. So college football, you know, the big 10, the Pac-12, they've opted out for football. And I don't know if like the SEC and, you know, all the other conferences for college football, if they're going to do the same thing too, but if there's no college football, I mean, can you imagine the NFL taking over Saturday, Saturday night football? There's, no, there's not going to be any high school football, too. So Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. What if the NFL dominates
1: those primetime times? I'm just I'm just saying it could, it yeah. could happen. There's room for opportunity, right? Like I yeah. said, like there's there's that the college spot, uh, possibly Friday night and then me, Thursday night. It's already locked in. Um, what happens if they spread the games out so there's fewer games on the same day and somehow that minimizes the risk of COVID being spread and the networks could capitalize on this if they take out certain time spots and they allow the NFL to show on their network.
0: I'm just saying like CBS, they've been, you know, Notre Dame, LSU, all those big time games on Saturday. 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, like, what if that's taken over by the NFL? You have two games instead, you know, on those primetime spots on Saturday.
1: That would be a very NFL thing, though. Like, if somehow the NFL figured out to make more money from this situation than lose money. That's what I'm saying, man, right? Yeah. It's it's a very, like, NFL-ish thing to happen. Like, they're just going to, you know, I'm trying to create an analogy, but it's just like... It's just the bully just turning the little kid upside down and emptying his pockets, you know? Well, I feel like you know how the rich
0: get richer? When there's chaos, there's opportunity, okay? Just remember that. That's a phrase when the highs and lows of the economy and everything else, like people get rich off this shit. I'm just saying, man.
1: It, 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 I mean, it goes off. That's real estate, right? That's, yeah. that's why you're in your field. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: man. So, you know, a prime time opportunity, a Saturday night, I'm, I'm just saying... I guess this might come out well from this. That's all I'm saying. There's
1: already hints that they're already trying to take advantage of this opportunity by creating the COVID list, right? They're creating like literally like a reserve team to replace the positives that they're already expecting to happen. You know, so So, the practice squad
0: expanded from what 12 players to 16 There's a COVID temporary list. I mean, they're kind of already anticipating that some shit will hit the fan, but we're going to just kind of you know, quarantine, put it off to the side, next man up, and the show must go on, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's been interesting, too, and I've been reading, you know, for the Seahawks, the Rams, whatever, like, you know, the quarterback group, there's like, what, three quarterbacks on the roster? Uh, They actually haven't had any direct contact because, by theory, they do these Zoom meetings. But um, if any of those quarterbacks were to get the coronavirus – if the whole depth chart gets fucked up like they none of these quarterbacks can get in contact with each other too it's like yeah a, you know like a quarantine up for the for the position
1: you know have you seen that show designated survivor yeah of course yeah you know and then it's like you know the, the president vice president during a big meeting they can't be together so they keep them separated yeah when keep one in a bunker dude is that like it like with a first string and second string quarterback so i'm like I mean, like- practicing on opposite sides of the field that's so weird
0: Fucking Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, and then you know the, the X Factor might be CJ Beathard, right?
1: <laughs> CJ, stay over there. Don't, don't come close.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. That's but, weird. But, I mean, just, just watching Hard Knocks, I know there's only a couple episodes in. That is the prevailing theme for this year, for this HBO Hard Knocks season. But do you think the Rams, the Chargers, I mean, they're, they're all in L.A. and They're all trying to do the six-feet thing. All their meetings and practices are outdoors now. Um, do you feel optimistic because I'm pretty sure all the other franchises are doing something similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what, do you, what do you think of the whole situation of just like the teams creating like this this bubble within themselves and then they're, they're, they're speaking about, you know, being responsible. Do you think the players actually have it in them that not to fuck around? Like the Seahawks, right? Didn't they have an incident where one of the rookies was—he was being a little fuckboy and bringing oh, some right. girls back to the room? Then he got cut. Fuck, I don't even know his. I saw he's it. a rookie. I saw it. I
0: don't. Here's—he's not even just a rookie. He's an undrafted free agent rookie. Yeah. So the fucking like. The moment of opportunity is that slim for him to make the roster to begin with. For sure. Of course, they cut his ass, but um,
1: yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe
0: uh, That's just one instance, too, in the entire National Football League, right?
1: And that, that just, you know, if he tries to get picked up, that just shows, like, this guy's you can't trust him. What is he doing outside the playing field? Like, he just kind of fucked it up for himself, to be honest.
0: Well, from what I've heard, even for the MLB, like, you know, the, like, the Marlins, for example, like, um from what I understand that was a human error. If you catch my drifts. Oh <laughs> like <laughs> the chicken know,
1: wings? Is the chicken wings too good?
0: I don't know if the players were all, you know, it was completely MLB's fault if you catch my drift. It might have been something where it could have been avoided. So wait, are
1: all teams sorry, are all teams it sounds like the Seahawks they're all staying in the same hotel? right then they go in the training camp from there are you know,
0: all are all teams doing that i'm not 100% sure about that i know like i checked out the nfl network the other day they were saying like the saints they they have hotels that are uh, optional so you can kind of bubble yourself out from from the rest like it's really close to training camp and whatnot i'm not 100% certain about all the teams having a mandatory hotel but interesting okay yeah i know that they're, they're trying to do safe practices i know that you know, even you saw for, like, the Rams, like, for their it's outdoors, even to open the fucking refrigerator to get your Gatorade, it had this sign saying, use your feet to open the, the damn fridge to get your Gatorade. Dude, I saw that. That's it was genius. Crazy. It was crazy, though, right? You don't even think about that shit, right? Yeah. Um, you know, all the stuff you pick, you pick and go. No one, no one else touches your shit, you know? hmm So, to your point, I mean... I'm somewhat optimistic that this is going to work, but the sport what, the sport of football is very contact-heavy.
1: What, what did we learn from Hard Knocks, Justin? This call is specific to the Rams since we're NFC West. What did we learn
0: about the Rams? Learn about the Rams? Well, Sean McVay is, uh, is engaged. Congrats to him got a it's got a pretty tight dog uh as well he's got a nice nice little little
1: pad in the o.c um, <laughs> learn about the, we, what <laughs> let's talk hey the elephant in the room let's talk about it big he pulled he pulled <laughs> yeah no he, he does well a, he does
0: well he's like what he's like our age he's like what 32 33 years old dude that's crazy are we all am i older than him I don't know. I, I swear to God, I mean, we might be the same age. 33, 34-ish. Jesus. I don't know if that's an indication of our of – our, uh, Anyways, yeah, we're right around that age, guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, let's see.
1: Life. Dude, Aaron Donald is a monster. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did not skip a beat. Um, pretty confident that he's going to perform back to his standard, what we expect. The Defense, though, I don't know. The, the secondary is still kind of, uh, I'm still skeptical about it, in the linebacker
0: spot. Yeah, I mean, they lost Corey Littleton. H- Hardhucks didn't show too much within the first couple of episodes, but they, ha- they highlighted Aaron Donald, and then they highlighted Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey looks pretty fucking solid. So Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, they look primed. Um, a yeah. little bit more optimistic, too, even for Jerry Goff. And that goes back to the point about you know these NFL teams going into a COVID season. Because a lot of these rookies or a lot of these free agents, when you go on to a new team and you're trying to adjust to the system, I think that the teams that will do well in a COVID-19 season are the teams that are seasoned, that have been in the system, and can uh, pick up on what they've done in the past to execute their offense. But if you're a rookie, say, a Joe Burrow, or if you're a new quarterback, say, like, Phillip Rivers with the Colts, I mean, there is going to be a gray period of adjustments um but i am optimistic for jerry goff jimmy garoppolo kyler murray russell wilson i mean these guys have been in their system and um it should be a really tough fight for the nfc west this year i, I I'll, I'll
1: say that how much do you think that the rams are going to miss gir- girly though it was weird not seeing him there it's it like was- he you know he was kind of like the face number 30 Oh, he no. was kind of like the face of, of L.A. Now he's not there anymore. It was kind of weird.
0: It's weird because, like, for HBO, because the Rams had been on Hard Knocks before, too, and Gurley was prominently on Hard Knocks before. It was like, well, it was like him and Tavon Austin who signed with the Niners, by the way. But, yeah, no, it, he was a big part of the franchise. So now you're seeing a whole bunch of Aaron Donald. Now you're seeing a whole bunch of Jalen Ramsey and, and Jared Goff. But um, yeah, it, I'm not gonna lie. It, it is kind of awkward.
1: Do you think? I think they're gonna miss him in the run game. Even though you know, obviously he wasn't a significant player um, last season. I still think there's like some there's some element of Gurley that they're gonna miss. Whether it's you know that the leadership, um, the guidance that he's gonna for the running back corp, um maybe his camaraderie that he had with golf already. Um, Pass protection. I don't know. I think there's going to be something missing that the Rams are going to. And to your point,
0: I am intrigued to see what McVay is going to do for this year for that adjustment period, because even you saw last season, um, Gurley was not effective in the second half of the season anyways, but he saw a lot of two tight end sets. He saw a lot of Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett uh, really get more involved in the passing game. They did compensate for those deficiencies. Um, I'm going to be intrigued about this offensive line because they didn't really do much for this offensive line. They didn't draft or sign anyone notable. Their whole MO is, you know what, another year with this offensive line. We already traded for Austin Corbin. Um, we, we have our guys. We drafted David Edwards. We feel that Robert Havenstein is going to have a rebound season, um, they feel that they already have the pieces, meaning that whoever they, they try to have taken in during this offseason, it wouldn't have been an upgrade. So I think their thing is more continuity. Going back to COVID nineteen, being that it's going to be hard to adjust in a COVID nineteen year, anyways, that hopefully the chemistry with these same guys will be what makes them a better unit this year. Mm-hmm. Chemistry,
1: I think that chemistry is going to be it's going to work.
0: It, but you know, that's that's what they're rolling on.
1: Chemistry is going to be a big factor to win the Super Bowl this year, right? You, you, need that, you need that chemistry, you need that trust between the bets and the, and the new bucks to, you know, listen to the rules. Don't mess around when you're outside of camp. This is strictly football, and keep your eye on the prize. I think the teams that are irresponsible and don't have solid cohesion in the locker room between the coaching staff, you know, they, they may run into issues during these, I mean, let's face it, this is going to be, you know, a really hard time to win the Super Bowl, and whoever wins it this year it's kind of like the war of attrition. The team that makes it out after all they battle through, whether it's injuries or, you know, positive tests, whatever it is, um, you know, the team that's able to bounce back and roll with the punches will have the best chance of winning.
0: I think for the coaching staff, the general manager, the waivers, practice squad, COVID-19 list, yeah, all that's going to come into play this year. And whoever manages that the best will be holding the Lombardi trophy. That's for sure.
1: Would you, would you call this a, we talked about this all the time. Yeah. You, yeah. Hate, you hate this discussion. I, I
0: hate this shit. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Ask, ask away.
1: <laughs> asterisk. Is this considered an asterisk here for the championship?
0: Fuck uh, no. Okay. Okay. I Why? Think... What's your, what's your side? All right. So regardless whether it's NBA, MLB, fuck you, Houston Astros, um, Or the Lombardi Trophy with the NFL. I mean, a win's a win. Um, All the teams have those circumstances. You know, right now, the NBA, today's Monday. So the NBA playoffs just started at a very uncertain time. They're in the bubble. They're in Disney World. But all the playoff teams are going through the same shits. NFL, they're going to go through the same shits. Um, I think that it's unfair to put an asterisk towards a winning franchise. They really, you know, put their heart and souls. It's not just the players; it's the staff, it's the organization that that puts forward, um, despite all the bullshit in the world. So, whoever wins from this, you don't take this away from them. I think that maybe fans, you know, local guys or whatever, can nitpick all they want, but at the end of the day, the record will remain there. It's not going to get revoked. It's not going to be compromised. Regardless, maybe the Houston Astros. Okay, maybe they used an Astros, but everything else, you know, there, there have been years where you have short seasons because of a strike or what have you, so I don't think this should be any different. Uh, I don't see those champions during those odd years as any different from a team that wins during a regular season, if you catch my drift.
1: Okay, you know for me from the beginning, kind of before NBA started, I was skeptical, right? I would call it an asterisk. you would get pissed. We go back and forth in text messaging. Yeah, after, but after ahead. watching the NBA and seeing how the competitiveness, the competition, the intensity, the love for the game, the uh, you know just just the straight concentration and focus that these players are actually putting into, despite not having fans there, despite all the regular circumstances that we're used to, that they're not having over there, you know, it's actually yeah. Okay. I see, I see it. I see that this shouldn't be called ashes here. Every team is on the same playing field. Um, They all have to go through the same circumstances and just kind of rolling with the punches, you know, and NBA, they show that it's possible. If you are responsible off the court, you could have a successful season and you could finish whatever, whatever needs to get finished and, and have a, an actually presentable, Game to watch. Like, no one gave a shit
0: when the Cardinals, when they lost Carson Palmer, they had to start, like, John Skelton against the Panthers all those years back. Oh, no, geez. No, one, no one gave a shit when fucking um, Carson Wentz went down for the second time in, in a row, uh, and then the Seahawks had an easy win against the Eagles, right? Last... Post. So, yeah, no, no one gives a shit about that. That's all I'm saying, man. So, shit happens, and whoever... Whether it's your team, your players, or whatever, you, it's it's attrition, man. It's attrition. Hmm.
1: Hmm. So, Hard Knocks. I haven't watched. I think isn't the second episode tonight.
0: Something like that. I, it's I watched a Monday night.
1: Monday night. Watch, by the way,
0: I watched one season. So yeah, it's probably on right now. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: So let's go ahead and transition to the next thing, which is really why I hit you up anyways to do this pod. It's been a minute. The last time we did a pod was because. There's a crazy trade in Seattle land where, you know, the, the Seahawks traded three picks, two first rounders and and their starting safety for Jamal Adams, which is very dope to have him in the NFC West, along with DeAndre Hopkins with the Cardinals in the NFC West. But um, it's more so retention in-house, but this was something that was on cue for the longest time all offseason. George Kittle, I'm sure you know, he's the people's side end for the San Francisco 49ers. The people's tight end. Yeah, that motherfucker got paid. Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about it, okay? So, George Kittle, franchise tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, his third year in the league from Iowa, fifth-round pick. Yeah, man, he set the position up 50% from the previous high in that position. So, he got a five-year, $75 million deal that comes out to about a $50 million annual average. And the thing that's interesting about it was it it really – this deal stalled for the longest time just because – and we can talk about it in particular, but tight ends don't get paid that much in this league right now, okay? So prior to the George Kittle deal at 15 mil, the highest paid was Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper, and they were making about 10 mil, 10.5 mil a clip, okay? So for George Kittle to go from the 10 mil to the 15 mil a season – that's a 50% increase at the position, okay? Now, you compare that to Julio Jones, who's the highest-paid wide receiver. At his position, he's getting paid $22 million, okay? So if you were to add a 50% increase for $22 million, that would be $33 million. So it is a significant increase if you want to do that sort of analysis. But you could also say that, hey, fucking George Kittle isn't just any tight end, not only he's a great blocking tight end, but he's a great receiving tight end, and he does so much for this franchise in the San Francisco 49ers. So this deal has stalled because, you know, if I'm George Kittle's agent, I'm not treating him as just a tight end. I would like to get paid on the upper echelon of wide receivers sort of pay. And they kind of split in the middle at 15 mil. So, Tia, what have you? How do you make this deal right now? What's your, what's your thoughts?
1: Um... Uh... I love the deal. I'm happy that they got it done before the season. You don't want any, this looming cloud over the head, whether George needs to get paid or not. Like, no, we don't need none of that BS coming into the season. We want, we want to come into the season with a clear mind. Um, Let's get all the checks signed and let's just focus on football. And that's what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan got done. I didn't see like the whole, like the details, like, Front loaded, back loaded, incentives—like I didn't see any of that. I'm just looking at it strictly from a numbers base. I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm ecstatic that they got this done. This is—this is exactly what the Niners needed to get done, and they—you know—they crossed their eyes and they dot their t's and you know—that's—they started training camp on a good foot, right? They don't want any awkwardness. You know, you don't want George be handling these questions. Should I? Should you get paid? How much should you get paid? Do you want to get paid? No, none of that. Niners know to we don't want any distractions. They're they're focused this year, you can tell.
0: It's very – all right. You know, Prague, you know, Prague, Roth, the Mr. Salary Cap Guru for the Niners, and you, you know John Lynch and whatnot. But just think about this, too. I know the details of this deal, too. So he got 75 mil. Um, 15 mil, technically, he could make a case that he, he could have gotten more if he really wanted to. He could have held out some more. He could have pushed. In my opinion, I think he could have pushed for 18 mil, honestly. Um, But I think he settled for 15 mil. But the thing that got the deal done uh, wasn't necessarily the 15 mil annual. It's always in the guaranteed money, my friend, right? You can say 70, 80, 100, but it's all about the guaranteed money, especially in the NFL. So he gets 30 mil guaranteed, um, up to 40 mil guaranteed with some other sort of clauses with it. I think it has like in, it has to do with injury. Exactly. So, actually, I think you're right. With injury, I think he's guaranteed up to 40 mil, some shit like that, okay? Um, that is usually unheard of for the Niners franchise. Usually they do very incentive Latin deals. You've seen Jarek McKinnon. You've seen J- Jimmy, Gar- oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Colin Kaepernick. Like, there's, even Quan Alexander. It's not as cut and dry for, for Niner contracts. Usually they protect themselves, right? But Richard Sherman, I think, is a good example. Very incentive, Latin, you know, He bet on himself, and he won this past season. He got about, what, 10, 12 mil. But typically, Niners, they don't necessarily guarantee the money up front. But for this, they did. And um, you know, I think that the Niners realize for uh, a player like Kittle especially in these negotiations, if they want to get at an even kill number at 15 mil, they can't be fucking around anymore. And, and that's what got the deal done. Um, but I also realized, too, like, you know, George Kittle, he wants to be a Niner, and he's, but he also wants to get paid and to justify himself as well. Uh, but let me ask you this to you. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Julio Jones at the wide receiver position, he's at 22 mil, Kittle right now, he's at 15. But um, do you see – do you think – is it really Kittle's fault that the position for, for the tight end, it was previously a 10 mil? Um, I, I mean, he got put in a, a tough position because of the position itself, not necessarily for his own merit. You catch my drift?
1: Yeah. i I think he deserved what he was paid for. And when you – I mean, if we're comparing it to Krog's contract, right? That's the obvious. That was the last highest paid tight end. Um, the skill sets are maybe slightly different, but what Kittle brought to our team, I mean, the Niners, correct yes. me. I yes. apologize.
0: Yes, thank you. That
1: brought to the Niners is something that you he, we couldn't find in they couldn't find in anyone else. Oh, you're getting better. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, take two. So I think that's just, I mean, I don't know where to go with this. It's, I think it's, let me ask you this. Let's go theoretical. Then would you rather have seen them pay Kittle this amount or a different position, the same amount of money equivalent to the market value of that position?
0: To, uh, say that would you rather me pay 15 mil a Kittle or that money towards another position, right?
1: Yes, that is a cool, That is the market value equivalent in that position range. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't mind paying that
0: 15 mil because here, here's the thing you know, that obviously there's a big jump for that 50% from 10 mil to 15 mil at the position, but you can also make the case that that position in itself, being the tight end, has been subdued for a lot of years, meaning that. You know, they've been shitted on that position. They kind of treat it like a fullback in terms of like the pay scale. It's like the guard at the offensive line versus the tackle. The tackles are always given the premium position of pay, but guards are very much important to like your Quentin Nelson's of the world. And he should, you know, if, and when he gets paid, I think he's going to make a case for, for tackle money. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think when Gronk, for Gronk's case, I won't necessarily blame Gronk and his and his agents, but Gronk took a very team-friendly Patriots way sort of deal for, for his extension. And because he was like the lone tight end that was similar to Kittle at the time, that could have pushed the position to really push that scale, because that didn't happen, that subdued the position for, for several years. Okay. Now it's no mistake that once Kittle got that 15 mil literally hours right after his extension was announced. Travis Kelsey, who's 30 years old, mind you, and a very good tight end in his own rights, he got just a hair under. He got 14 and a half because he realizes the momentum, that time to seize and really take advantage of what had happened for the position is now. So I think the winner overall is is for the elite tight ends. It's for Kittle, it's for Kelsey. And I think Zach Ertz, he's in line for an extension as well. I think that right now, that's the comp. It's going to be right at fifteen mil. Will Ertz get sixteen? Will he get seventeen? I don't know, but I think the position is coming in the right direction because t- the tight end position is progressing. Okay, it's not just um, you know an occasional 15, 20 yards and a touchdown for the position. Like these guys are kind of like the progression of linebackers, middle linebackers, for example. Middle linebackers—they were just bulky in the box, run stuffing backers. But now they're they're rangy, they're they're hybrids. They're like safeties uh, with that sort of athleticism. The same thing can be said about tight ends. And so the tight end market is, if anything, it's getting corrected in comparison to the wide receiver position.
1: Is it getting corrected or is it refining? Because a tight end's main main ability, is supposed to be to block, right? And then release from the line and then go out for the for a short pass
0: well but I, that's, that's the thing too like tight ends especially now, nowadays usually there's two obvious roles for a tight end one is the blocking role which is traditional and then the other one is just like a straight up big wide receiver in the slot and i'm talking about jordan reed evan ingram where you know it would be nice if they're willing blocker but you know what they're really good receivers so fuck it like you know, I'll, I'll just, we'll take it. We'll take it. If they can block anything else, that's like extra credit. There's very rare that you have your Gronkowskis and your Kittles of the world where they excel at both aspects. And so right. when, that does, when that does happen, you should pay extra attention to, to their pay scale and the value that they bring to the team.
1: That's exactly my point. You know, like, kind of like the evolution of the NBA, right? Now we have these hybrid Power forwards and centers that are able to stretch to the three point line and, and drain these three uh, three points from the corner, right? Kind of spreads out the defense, makes them more exposed, and there's more movement. Right, kind of, kind of just like tight ends, right? Like they're becoming becoming more multidimensional, where defenses they have to adjust properly to either expect the block or expect the release. And I think that's what George Kittle brings to this table because his. Main ability when he was drafted by the Niners, correct me if I'm wrong, was run pro, right, run protection. Yep. He was a receiver second, exactly. And in college, his numbers showed other; it showed exactly what that was, right? All right. All right. Rarely a receiver, he caught very few touchdowns. I think he was maybe like what three or four catches per game, if that. And then look what he became now. He became this, you know, this kind of like sideline middle threat for Jimmy Garoppolo to tossed it to him in you know design plays for Kim when he was drafted to, to block the running back that's just it's amazing and you know kind of going back to the contract this just shows the like you said the evolution of the of the position kind of like how that relates to I guess like the contracts that are expected from this point forward and I guess what NFL teams are looking for is athleticism from tight ends. They want multidimensional. They want more athleticism. They want you to be fast. They want you to be able to block linebackers coming straight downhill at you. George George Kittle checks all those boxes. Right. And that's why, you know,
0: if there was ever a guy to really get this sort of contract, all all the more power to Kittle. He's a good guy. He's a team player. Um, And at the end of the day, too, just... From an X's and O's perspective, if you want to look at it, like the last five, six Super Bowl winners, I mean, I saw this on another pod. I think actually, even Good Morning, um, Good Morning Football on the NFL. Uh, and anywho, what I got from it as well is the last couple Super Bowls for the winners, they've had a really good tight ends on their teams. Okay, so you have Travis Kelsey, uh, you have Rob Gronkowski, obviously with the Patriots. You can go back. I'm just thinking off. Oh, ad lib right now. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz with the Eagles, Julius Thomas with the Broncos, Greg Olson. They didn't, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but Greg Olson with the Panthers. I mean, you know, from a postseason perspective, what happens a lot of times in the in the postseason is, you know, obviously it's great to have a number one wide, wide receiver on the outside. Uh, but generally speaking, the outside does get taken away. You know, uh, if you're playing in cold adverse weather conditions at green bay or wherever the fuck if you're if you can't hear shit in seattle what have you uh your most reliable target is going to be in the middle of the field especially when you're getting a lot of pressure in in these postseason situations and so tight ends are are very important in the postseason when it really matters and if anything too they're going to be there in in the run game as well they're going to be there for all three downs and it's going to be even more so important to have a tight end that can get you both, both blocking and receiving. So Mm -hmm. that's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no kudos. And that's, uh, it's just pretty cool. Just seeing that the evolution of the NFL and how each position has evolved into something that they all have in common is athleticism. It's getting more athletic for each position. You can't just be there, just a robot running the routes or standing there, you know, doing your job. You have to be able to do more.
0: And that comes with the rules too, because it's a passing league now. I mean, the rules themselves literally progress towards passing. They want more points on the board, Sunday ticket. They want more touchdowns. They want more fantasy football excitement for all the fantasy owners, which is like everyone, myself included. So I'm not surprised. And that's why you're, you're seeing this happen. So, um, here, here's another skinny, though. I mean, Kittle got 15. I think he could have gotten 18 if he really wanted to be a dick and, and push this around. But, I mean, the Niners, they had all the cards. He had, like, what, two years left on his deal? They, actually, I don't know if he had, he had one year left. My apologies. He had one year left. They could have franchise-tagged him. They could have franchise-tagged him two times. They could have been a dick about it. Um, I mean, you know, is it one of those things where – do you think George Kittle could have gotten 12, 13 instead of the 15 if he really came to it?
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? I think he, he will, he, will, he could have wiggled a, he was good for a couple, maybe a one or two mil more, but um, I guess we'll never know. Cause we were never, we weren't in the discussion, you know, that's kind of like the mysterious part about NFL or just professional sports contracts. It's like what goes down during these negotiations and, what what leverages and what loses leverage during these during these talks? I think you saw, yeah, for sure. What about you? I'm, i I
0: think Kittle's agent was really on the point of, this is not a tight end contract. This is an offensive weapon contract. So I don't think. I, I think regardless, it would have been a non-starter. Then that is they could have been a dick. They could have franchise tagged him, um, and then maybe the following season he. he Completely like holds out, but you know, in light of a COVID 19 season and in terms of continuity and get everyone on the same page, uh, the Niners would have been shooting themselves in the foot if they went that route, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Debo Samuels hurts, uh, fucking Travis Benjamin opted out because of COVID 19. Jalen Hurd, by the way, we'll talk about that. He towards ACL, they didn't know that at the time, but you know, the Niners had very f- few guaranteed options on the offense right now Mm -hmm. Uh, they can't be fucking around especially coming up for super bowl you you need your you need you need your a1 players happy and ready to play some fucking football
1: i mean let's talk about it then let's talk about Jalen hurd okay that's like kind of like the big news from today
0: yeah man that that just happened too this is like straight off the presses so like monday august 17th got some reports yesterday that Jalen hurd uh, who is coming off you know, a back injury in his rookie season. He had big expectations for this year. Um, yeah, practice, he got hurt. He got confirmed today pretty much by his agent that he tore his ACL. So that's two straight seasons of not playing a single down in the regular season. There were a, were a lot of talks about him really progressing that offense. And going back to what you said about, football where we're at positionless football you know he's a former running back uh converted wide receiver he could have been like a move tight end he could have been really good for no huddle where you can put him in the backfield line him up at, at the slots put him at tight end it would have been really cool to see on this offense but it's another lost season for Jalen Hurd man
1: that's super unfortunate yeah I, I, when I saw the news I couldn't believe it myself and you know they were just speculating right they said it was a major in, major knee injury but you, you really can't diagnose. And then finally, when you saw the results, you're just like, that just sucks. That's a, uh, you know, I myself had pretty high hopes for a young player like him. Um, I wish him a speedy recovery. Um, maybe somehow he could, you know, kind of squeeze back in next season into the roster, but the Niners are looking, you know, real, um, it's real cutthroat for that competition for the wide receiver spot. And, Shanahan is now fucking around. He he wants kind of the – he wants the best. and He's, he's going to choose the best. But maybe the silver lining in this whole COVID situation that there may be more opportunities for other wide receivers down the stretch, right? Kind of maybe not right off the bat, but maybe later along the road if injuries occur or, what, or whatnot, they'll it's be like there still available.
0: Puts a lot of pressure, though. You got Brandon Ayuk, the rookie, who's getting – Really good praise right now. Is only training camp, but he's getting really good praise. It's still going to be really tough for a rookie in COVID-19 to be the starter if he does win the job. You have Kendrick Bourne. You have Dante Pettis, who needs to get his shit together. But, yeah, man, I mean, there's no Debo likely to start the season. Uh, they need they need production right away. They have a lot of expectations. They're playing the Cardinals week one. No easy opponent, especially with the progressive, Kylie Murray and the other Hopkins. I think of anything, too. I mean, they're going to try. They signed Tavon Austin. They signed J.J. Nelson. They just worked out Jerron Brown in light of the Jalen Hurd injury. Um, the show must go on, but that's you – know, you, I, don't, I don't get all, all the trolls or the people that give Jalen Hurd all, all this negativity. He actually deactivated his Instagram account uh, you know, in light of this injury. Um,
1: really? I, I did not
0: know that. Yeah, fans can be really harsh, man. Fans can be really harsh, dude, and so Jesus. They they heard about this was before the the ACL announcement, but when the reports came that he was limping and he walked out of practice, he was hurt. Uh, a whole bunch of hate came on his Instagram, and he he deactivated his account. And that's just you know it really c- comes to light. You know, just think about this guy that that competes and has been training so hard. You Can only imagine mentally where where he's coming from. Uh, i I'm sure he didn't want to get hurt, you know I, I'm sure he's he's trying his best, but things happen, and it's just um i i i feel for him just like you do too,
1: man yeah, no, for sure like no no player should go through that type of um you know that type of criticism and go under fire like that when it wasn't his choice to get hurt, you know like oh. he's out there trying to he's out there trying to win a spot, you know, and regardless of whatever team. He was playing for, or any future football players, you know. It's like, come on. Yeah, I know, man. That, that's it's uncalled for. Come on, people, get your get your shit together.
0: And, and that's fandom too. I mean, it, it goes to a fault at times. A lot of people were, were really fucking on Jerick, Jet McKinnon too.
1: Yeah. And I really,
0: going back on that topic, I hope Jet McKinnon gets his shit together for this year in his third year as a Niner because. He's been looking pretty good in training camp. I hope his ACL is way recovered after battling with that for two consecutive seasons. Um, if Jalen Hurd can do it well, I hope Derek McKinnon takes that spot and he runs with it. Well, oh, for No pun intended. No pun intended, but yeah, I hope he runs with it. Injuries are tough. It's a part of the NFL. It just so happens that the Niners have been dealt a really shitty hand with it in, in, in regards to this, but that's where we're at, man. And Remember we talked...
1: Yeah, go ahead. Remember we talked about it's better now that the injury is secure so then there's still some time to recover and for players to bounce back? You know, it's better to
0: have it during the off season because here's the thing. As a training staff, coaching GM, you have some time to pivot. You can look at other guys. You can get them integrated to learn the playbook. But if this shit happens during the regular season, and it does, it happens, but it's a lot harder to sign someone off the streets and get them integrated into the playbook. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I wish him the best recovery.
0: I do too, man. I do too. So I know we've been talking a lot about a lot of Niners, so a little bit of Rams, Hard Knocks, Kittle, uh, Jalen Hurd. But that's, that's really what's been going on in, in this offseason right now. Training camp, they just put on the pads for the NFL. So there might be some more injuries, knock on wood. But, you know, it's just a really interesting time in the NFL because usually – OTAs, preseason, the training camp regimen that is the offseason that happens in July or late June, for that matter. But we're already mid-August, and the season is supposed to start in September, okay? So, I mean, this is just a really weird time for all NFL teams. And you're seeing that on Hard Knocks. You're seeing that as what... I swear to God, it's August 17th. They're just putting on pads and doing real, real tackling drills. I mean, I don't know, man. Um, do you think there are going to be more injuries? Do you think it's going to be sloppier? What, what are you expecting in, like, less than four weeks away as we start kickoff?
1: Uh, I, you know what? I think this season not having preseason, I think that might – it's going to show. There's going to be some rustiness, uh, some sloppiness. Uh, Some potential injuries, you know, just they're basically going full contact right away. Yeah, They're not conditioning their bodies. They don't have four weeks to condition their bodies um, to contact. You know, oh man, I'm going to say injuries. I think it's just an unfortunate byproduct of it, right? Kind of just, it's like, it's not, it's like not stretching before you go for a 10 mile run. You know, you're not going to feel your a hundred percent and there's, you're higher to risk of injury.
0: Yeah, I think the top-heavy teams, um, they're very susceptible to falling down. Um, it's going to be the veteran-led teams, the ones that have a system, that ha- that know what to do, uh, the next-man-up approach. Those are the teams that are really going to rise to the crop. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, it's, it's too early to say, uh, I, I hope things go right. But when we do our next pod, we might have a completely different conversation. I don't know. Uh, right. That's just that's just 2020 in a nutshell. Week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, just the outlook might change. I don't know.
1: Isn't that crazy to think that the first time that we watch football on television, the game's going to count? <laughs> mm. And shit could go wrong. You know, there could be COVID. There could be injuries. There could be, I don't know, reffing plunders. There could be coaching mistakes. Like, everything is going to count week one. The first minute that we start watching it, it matters. That's crazy. Right. I know. Well, hey, I'm excited, though.
0: I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm always excited for football. And then, you know, speaking of, I've been a shitty fantasy football commissioner, but a lot of my clients, players, buddies are like, are we going to do this fucking football, fantasy football season or what? So I got to queue up the drafts and all that shit, too, because I can't believe it. Football is upon us officially, you know?
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: all right, man. Well, to up, I appreciate your time. It's been a minute since we did a pod. I am in Gilbert's Arizona and it's really nice to have a pod to be here and, uh, and converse with you for some football. So stay safe in LA. I'm sure people have told you that a million times and to our listeners stay safe as well. Continue to check out the just the West pod, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify I'm also on Instagram, me and T Up, Instagram, at Just the West. Twitter, at Just the West on the blog, www, uh, yep, www.justthewest.com.
1: T Up, any other final thoughts? No. Um, NBA playoffs are starting. This is awesome. I'm going to enjoy myself some uh, 40 days of uh, playoffs. and No, that's why it's hot as hell over here in L.A., man. It's yeah, just man. It's unbearable.
0: It's a weird time. I think the Bay Area had thunderstorms. It's hot as hell in LA. I'm in Arizona. It's 120 degrees. So I get it, man. Just to all our listeners, stay safe, stay cool, and, and be well, okay? All right. So until next time, we out here. Peace. Peace.